Hello and welcome to Simple Self-Care by Naturally Randy Kay. This is a podcast dedicated to simplifying the healing journey by aligning your self-care practices with your own inner wisdom and the natural cycles outside and within. Though self-care has become quite the buzzword, it's actually a vital tool that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore how to create a deep and meaningful relationship with ourself naturally, intentionally, and simply. Hello again, my friends, and here we are at the end of another week in quarantine land. (laughs) How are you holding up? Hopefully you are getting the hang of your new rhythms and able to incorporate some habits and rituals that ground you. And I hope you all got a chance to listen to last week's episode on my go-to breathing and meditation practices that can instantly calm down the nervous system and bring you back to yourself. If you did listen, did you try them out? Did they help? What do you think? How are they fitting into your daily life? I'd love to hear from you. And so you can reach out like usual, mostly on Instagram is where I hang out at naturallyrandyk, or you can contact me on my website, naturallyrandyk.com. But I'd really love to hear if those practices were helpful for you and if you have any questions about them. Okay, this week on the podcast, I'm excited to bring you another resource that you might find helpful and insightful right now. It's a little bit more out there, literally and figuratively, than most topics I've covered on the podcast, but it's something that I've been dabbling with over the past year or so, and I found it helpful, so I thought you might find it helpful as well. So today I'm bringing you a conversation with Natha Campanella, an astrologist and intuitive guide, and she is going to share with us how we can use connecting with the energies of the cosmos to help us navigate our life and ourselves. I talk about this more in our conversation, but let me be the first to say that I am skeptical about a lot of things, especially in the health and wellness industry. I call myself the most open skeptic you are ever going to meet. I love to try on different perspectives, beliefs, ways of healing. I've tried so many things and I do really love that about my industry, but I always try to stay grounded and tune in with it if it's true and right for me. And not a lot of things pass that filter. (laughs) And astrology was one of those things that I've always been open and curious about. But every time I tried to get into it, it was met with not so positive experiences. And I was kind of sad about that because I do feel like it could have some merit. But I was having a hard time finding it. But then I was introduced to Natha, and I'll let you find out for yourself why it changed my tune when it comes to astrology, but I thought it would be fun to have her on to educate all of us on what it actually is, how it works, and how we can use it as a form of self-care. But before we get into it, I just want to mention that Natha's gift for Patreon supporters is her moon sign video class. A lot of people know their sun sign, like that's what we lead with, I'm an Aries, but not many people know or understand the importance of their moon sign. We get into what that means in our conversation, but if you are curious on how you can better understand different aspects of your personal astrology, this will be a great resource for you. And again, Patreon is a way for you to help keep this podcast alive and well, especially during this time when I'm unable to operate my healing studio, which is my main source of income. But in return, you get bonus content with almost each episode that can help you deepen your relationship with the content that we cover. It's been so fun to welcome in new members lately and a big thank you to those folks. It means more than you know right now. And if you are interested in joining, you can head to patreon.com slash simple self-care and join for as little as $2. Okay, on to the conversation. Take a listen as we chat about what astrology is and why people tend to misunderstand it, how to find an astrologer you can trust, what the cosmos have to say about the pandemic, 
how to use the planetary energies to guide your self-care, how it can teach you to trust your own intuition, and more. Enjoy. All right. Well, thank you, Natha, for taking the time to chat with me today. And I'm very excited for you to educate me and our listeners on the amazingness of astrology and how we can use it in our everyday lives. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that we finally got to schedule this. You and I have been trying to figure out a time that worked for both of us for a while and we actually made it work. So yes, thank you. (laughs) Yay. I always trust that things happen at the right time. And so I feel like now is a very perfect time to be digging into this and just have it as another tool that we can use um, to help us out at a time like this. So I want to just start by sharing that you reached out to me um, to do a reading. And I'm so grateful that you did that um, because at the time I had had some not negative experiences with working with astrologists, but not positive. It was just like not very grounded. I, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't really resonate with it, but it was a bummer because I resonate so much with nature and cycles and seasons and wanted to get into astrology, but didn't feel like I could based off of these other experiences. And so when you reached out to me, I was like, I'm just going to let you know that I'm skeptical. And you're like, it's cool. And I have to say my reading with you, I'm, I'm so grateful for it because it was not only was it super accurate and insightful but it opened this world back up to me. And I've kind of been on my own personal journey with it ever since. Um, And I'm still very beginner dabbling in how I can align my life with what's happening um, in the cosmos (laughs) in a way that feels good to me and in alignment. Um, So first of all, thank you for following whatever nudge you had to (laughs) reach out to me. And I'm really looking forward to you sharing more with us. Awesome. I love that. I do remember that. And that's so funny is that I, um, at this point, I don't do as much reaching out to people because I have found that usually people, I mean, at this point in my work, so many people are reaching out to me, but what I really loved about working with you is that you were so upfront and honest. And you said, I'm skeptical. I had an experience that wasn't that great. And it was so interesting to get to work with you and kind of help you shift the way that you saw it. Because I get that actually quite often where I have clients that come to me that are a little bit nervous about getting a reading because in the past they've maybe gotten bad information or they've heard something scary, or maybe the person reading for them just didn't um, really tune in with what their chart, you know, the messages in their chart. They just didn't feel very met and very held. But that's one of the things that I always try to do is, you know, astrology is a huge map and it can be translated in so many ways, but it's important to like stay with the person who you're reading and say, is does this sound right? Does this work? Because it there's so many different stories to tell that um, we want to make sure that they're like resonant with the person getting the reading. Otherwise you'll end up like you were initially, which is kind of skeptical. And it's such a great tool to be able to use, but you have to trust it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's, I'd love to just get a basic once over of the history of astrology, uh, what it's about and kind of where it can go wrong and why they're has become such a skepticism around it. Yeah, I mean, astrology has been around for a very long time. And to be honest, you know, I think that as each planet is discovered, the astrologers kind of look at what is happening in the world at the time of the discovery, and that's how they assign the archetypes to the planets. Because basically astrology is just um, where we're looking at planets in the sky, and we're assigning archetypes to the planets, and we can look at the relationship to where the planets are with each other to get an idea of, in a natal chart, which is the map of where the planets were when you were born, 
get an example of what's happening in your life, or we can look at the sky at any given time to see what's happening in the collective. So, you know, right now we're in a time where things are a little bit crazy in the collective and the astrology backs that up. But, you know, in a nutshell, astrology is, you know, we, we all know our sun signs and that is the sign that the sun was in when we were born. And I think that people get a bad taste of astrology because they have read horoscopes for many years. Horoscopes tend to just be sun sign interpretations. And we have, you know, so many planets in the sky that make up the entire picture of our chart. And to just pick out one planet, the sun, a star, and say, hey, I'm going to interpret this planet and have it totally fit who you are. It just doesn't make any sense. And most people will find small pieces of that information that will resonate. But, you know, altogether, it's like, it's like taking a single picture, a single piece of a puzzle and, you know, saying, hey, here's the whole picture. So I think that's one reason that astrology has gotten a bad rap. And then the other is simply, you know, people can interpret anything in through either a lens that is positive or a lens that is negative. And if you're somebody like myself that, you know, I'm not interested in hearing doom and gloom predictions. They stress me out. I don't want to know if something quote unquote bad is about to happen. But there are some people out there that will do astrology readings or psychic readings or anything that's not, you know, scientifically based where we can't prove where it's more like information that's coming in, um, they will do doom and gloom translations and it will scare people. And then people will say, I'm not going back. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I always say, if you are interested in astrology or you want to get a full chart reading to research your astrologer first, look at what their information online looks like. Because just like with any business, you know, you can read if they're, if what they have to say on their website is a little gloomy, maybe they're not the one for you. Um, and then the opposite, if you really like the energy of the person, like, Ooh, I like what they're talking about. Then that person is probably going to be a better fit. I feel like that was a long rambling way of answering your question. <laughs> and did I answer it? Yes, you did. Okay. I think that was good. Yeah. I, I, I want to reiterate the point of people just looking at the sun sign and feeling like that's all the information. And I feel like that's true in a lot of alternative healing modalities because that's not, it's not like a Western approach where you categorize everything um, and or separate everything. And then you have a pill for this symptom and a pill for that symptom. And it's like all separated, but really we operate as a whole like there's so many aspects of us as a human being and there's so many different aspects going on in the natural world. And so to just take that one aspect and feel like you have everything figured out is just not a very good principle in general. <laughs> so um, that makes a lot of sense as to why um, it doesn't really resonate with people are just looking at that one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a kind of a little example of how it works is there are three really highly personal places in the chart, the sun, the moon, and the rising. So the sun sign, you know, is, is an identity um, piece. It, it's who we are when we are clear and clean. And it's the way that we experience joy and our sense of vitality, really valuable and a big part of who we are. But it's missing everything else. Like the moon is about our emotions and the way that we emotionally relate to the world and the what it takes for us to feel emotionally secure. So those are a separate set of things than who we are when we are not worried about conforming and we're not um, in our conditioning, right? So we have emotions and sense of self. And then the rising sign talks about who we are when we show up in the world. Who are we when we're wearing our mask or we're trying to um, be like the perfect version of ourselves, that, that person that we all turn into when we newly meet somebody? We're smiling, we're happy, we're successful, whatever it is that our 
kind of shtick is. And so those are just three separate things. And we can tell a lot about a person just by reading those three things, but where are all the other areas of our life? Where are all the other things like our relationship to success or who we are in partnership? Um, you know, how do we communicate? And, and that is what is so beautiful about astrology is that you can really look at any area of your life or any dynamic that plays out over and over in your life and get a lot of um, insight into it. Because we don't, even though we're with ourselves 24 seven, there's a lot of places that we don't really see ourselves clearly. We don't really understand our motivations or we have blind spots. And astrology, if you are interested, can really help sort of pull the curtains on some of those places in your life so that you can like ultimately just be a more integrated version of yourself. So how did you get into get into astrology and how has it become such a meaningful part of your life now? Yeah, so I had my first astrology reading um, and I found it a friend of a, you know, a friend was saying that she had just gotten a reading and how profound it was. And I thought, oh, I want to try that. I've never tried that. And in this reading, this woman who is still an astrologer that I see to this day, she was able to explain myself. She was ex explained me to myself in terms that I had never heard. And it was so validating. Um, she was able to sort of point out some of the things that had driven me crazy about myself and really present them in a way that made sense as sort of a bigger picture of like, look, you are incredibly emotionally sensitive. And I'll just give you a personal example is that I have always been very attuned to what other people are thinking and feeling to my detriment where, you know, I was a child that always thought everybody was mad at her because, you know, when my parents were upset or when they were stressed out, I would immediately think that I had done something wrong. And that went, you know, into my teenage years with my peers, it's just always kind of on edge and on guard. And she was able to articulate it to me and say, you know, you're just very sensitive and you can feel into the moods and emotions of other people. So when they are under stress, you end up feeling the waves of their stress and personalize it. I was like, what? Oh my God. Yes, that is what I do. And there were more examples. That's just one. But I walked away from that reading just sort of jaw on the floor, um, able to see myself in such a new way. And that really started a, I think that was about 15 years ago, that started a 15 year journey of really studying my own chart, taking classes here and there. But then fast forward and I became, I got certified to be a life coach because I wanted to, I was doing a career change and was doing life coaching for a few years and it just wasn't quite what I wanted. You know, I, I liked it, but I felt like it was a little tricky to wait for my clients to volunteer um, what was happening. So then we could begin to make sense of it and kind of help them um, evolve. And I happened to get an email from an astrologer, a different astrologer who I had followed for, you know, ever on social media and she was looking for an apprentice and I ended up having to interview for it and I got it and it was like this amazing apprenticeship where I just got to be with her every single week and learn so much and when I got out of that apprenticeship I went and worked for her in her practice doing readings and ever since I've been you know I basically said I'm not going to do life coaching I'm going to be I'm going to do astrology which is so much more satisfying because the natal chart is like a map. So I don't have to wait for my clients to present me with certain kinds of information because I can look at their chart and say, um, this chart suggests that, you know, for example, your relationship with your mom, um, that you maybe wanted more from her than she was able to give. Does that feel resonant? And then, you know, we open up this beautiful, rich conversation about mothering and um, being mothered and whatnot. So 
it's really like, as you can tell, it's, it's very satisfying for my clients and also for me really like it. Yeah, I would say that my reading with you, that was my takeaway too from like you were just able to bring up aspects of my personality that I knew inside, but was never like verbalized or I didn't know it was like a thing that could be a real justified thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the being sensitive part or even like how I am um, in the healing industry and things like that. It was just like, yeah, I have felt this way my whole life. And it's like right there on my chart. Like it was just kind of mind blowing. So how is a chart able to do that and interpret that? These like really specific details of who we are. Yeah, that's such a good question. And I don't even totally have the answer for that. Um, what we're looking at in a chart is where the planets land where the planets were in the sky at the time of your birth. And, you know, every planet is in a sign and there are 12 signs. And we, most of us know the signs because, you know, Aries, Libra, Virgo, um, every sign has a set of archetypes that belongs to it. Every planet rules a sign and has similar um, archetypes that are connected to that. And then every house in the chart represents an area of life. So if you imagine it as like three different wheels all on top of each other and you can kind of turn them and every person just gets a very unique birth chart. And just by translating the archetypes and their relationship to the other planets and where the planets land in the house system, we just get really specialized, accurate information. And it's not, you know, we have free will. And we have fate and destiny, if you're somebody that believes in that. Um, the chart talks a lot about fate and destiny, right? Like you're one of the things that, you know, let's just hypothesize one of the things that somebody comes in to really heal, an aspect that they come in to heal has, to, has it relates to anger. Let's say that. Um, we can, you know, look at, the placement of Chiron. Chiron is an asteroid that talks about healing. We can look at that and we can say, this chart suggests that you're coming in here to do some healing work around anger. And, um, you know, for the most part, the client will say, yeah, that, that sounds very accurate. And then we also have the sense of free will, where just because we're coming in to work on anger doesn't mean that we are obligated to heal it. It doesn't mean that we're obligated to be angry. You know, we, we do have choice in all of this. It just simply sort of shows us the path. You know, here are the potentials. Here are the potential crises that you might face. And here are the potential gifts that you might get if you're willing to show up in this lifetime and do the work and feel the pain and um, be in the relationships and all of these things that we're all doing as humans anyway. It's, it's sort of um, a bridge to more awareness, I would say, of what we're doing here and kind of empowers us to either do things differently if we want or continue to do it the same way if that way is working. So with what's going on right now with the coronavirus and everything. I'll be honest, it, it floored me in many ways as it did all of us, because we can't really predict these kinds of things. But I felt like 2020 had such good vibes going on. Like it was, it felt different. The, you know, the first few months of the year were just like, with almost everyone I talked to, it was like, we let go of some old baggage. It's the beginning of a new um, cycle, like just being 2020, you know, in general. And it was just like, this is the year to like really have some positive things moving forward. And then it was just like, boom, <laughs> you know, slap in the face. So is, I know that astrology can't like predict certain events, like that's unrealistic to expect, um, in that kind of detail, but what, 
what do the cosmos have to say about right now? I mean, you mentioned that it does match what's happening in that realm. Um, and so, yeah, can you explain that? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, astrologically, we have the most intense astrology that we've had since about 500 AD. Wow. And, um, so what happened is that there are two planets called Saturn and Pluto, and they came into conjunction. And a conjunction is just means where they basically come into connection with each other in the sky. They're in the same sign at the same degree. So if we were to look at them, it would look like one was on top of the other. Um, when that happens, when, when that happens with any set of planets where they come into conjunction, it means that their energy kind of merges and becomes even stronger. And so Saturn, interestingly enough, is the planet that represents limitation and boundaries, but also things like big business and patriarchy, um, tradition. Um, so really, you know, what, what's happening is that those things are highlighted. And really, we've been kind of working towards this since 2012. So we've been, when you say like, I, I felt like I had kind of gotten rid of some stuff and dropped some baggage, like that's true. I think, especially if you're doing interpersonal work um, and you're learning more about your own emotions and all of that stuff, like we have been doing all of that. But this year, 2020 is sort of where the metal, you know, the, the uh, rubber meets the road. So Saturn, patriarchy, um, government, right? Now, Pluto is about looking underneath the surface at what is really happening, really looking at some of the shadow aspects, looking at <clears throat> some of the things that have been hidden, maybe that we haven't wanted to look at or that we have been pretending didn't exist. And when I'm reading Pluto in like a personal chart, I'll explain it as things like um, maybe if we have personal addictions or if there are places where we have power struggles, um, where we get very intense, or, you know, it's the, it's the things that we don't really want to look at. And we, yeah, we're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Let's, let's not go there. Let's stay on the surface. So we have Pluto and Saturn coming into conjunction. And so what's happening is that we're having to really look at some of the chinks in the armor. We're having to look at the way that like these systems, are they, are they really working? Is the school system really working? Um, is it really workable if all of these businesses are on such tight margins that two or three or four weeks of not working just crashes them? So all of us that have been saying for all these years, like this system doesn't work, this is broken, this isn't a good thing anymore we're kind of getting the opportunity to see Pluto really clearly looking under the surface at what's really there. What does our government really look like? What happens when, when chaos breaks out? What happens when something unexpected happens? And, you know, here we are. We're all getting to do this. Now, I, I always say, like, to, rem to remember that this is not necessarily bad. This will be bad for some people. Um, I think that the people that are the most resistant to change, people that are holding very tightly to their idea of what um, financial success looks like, looks like and you know, not wanting to change the status quo, those people are going to have the hardest time. But there are other people that have been sort of trying to work on awakening and being aware that are going, and I'm already seeing this and you probably are too, people that are saying, you know, there are parts of this that have already been really valuable. You know, I've been able to see that I maybe have been working myself so hard that it's taken a toll on my health. And I can tell because now I haven't had to work for three weeks and some of my health issues have disappeared, right? So I'm always saying with the astrology is that you want to Yes, there are, there, there, we can always find the dysfunctional pieces of any planet or sign or house, but there are also the really functional sides of like, okay, so where do we want to go? Do we want to be stuck in 
the fear and the dread and the, oh my God, what's going to happen? This is never going to get better perspective. And some of us are vacillating there, sometimes on a daily basis. But ideally, we also want to be able to vacillate over to the high sides. And the high side, for example, of Saturn is success, um, really having better aspirations, really being able to set up structure that, that works and a foundation that is really, really solid. And the high side of Pluto is a better awareness, being able to see, wow, um, there's some things in here that aren't working and I would like to change them or maybe we can change them. So, you know, kind of depends on what your mood is in the moment, but 2020 for the entire year is going to be very eye-opening for us and kind of depends on like, you know, how much you can control, you know, how much we can control our own tendency to I always call it awful eyes of, oh my God, the world's contracting, everything's getting worse versus expanding of this is uncomfortable. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict it. And also maybe some good will come out of this. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Is astrologically speaking, as we are in this conversation, <laughs> uh, is there any sign of hope? Is there any um, projection of when things will ease or what, what does the future look like? Yeah. I mean, you know, many astrologers have many different translations, but I have looking at the astrology, it looks to me that um, by late April, moving into May, that things should start to at least settle down enough so that we aren't under so much restriction and we can begin to kind of get things back in order. Now, like I said, all of 2020 is going to come with, we're all still kind of doing this, um, this sort of expansion, right? So we're going to be doing contracting and then expanding and contracting and expanding. I would say that just remember that even in the times of contraction, where maybe we have um, to deal with a new set of financial difficulties, remember that ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of shift everything into a place that feels better, that has more awareness, that works a little bit better. So we look at some of these systems like the government where um, there are you know, plenty of people who are making tons of money and making kind of shoddy decisions. And it's like, okay, so maybe we can stand to do some shifting and changing. And then you can look at your own personal life too, and look at the places where maybe your, um, your Saturn in your own life has gotten the best of you. You know, where do you need to build a stronger foundation? Where are you, um, where have you maybe lost touch with some of your own personal responsibility? What's underneath it? Where did it come from? How can we improve what we have? Um, so that ultimately we can sort of move into society that feels better. And that's definitely the ultimate goal. And so we may have to, you know, trudge through some muck in 2020, but by no means is it all just going to be pain and suffering. For, for no good reward, right? It's just a time of reorientation. And I think that the human race tends to learn the fastest under duress. So that's something else to remember is that when you're sitting in your house and you're super frustrated or you're, you know, you've hit the wall, you're bored, you're, you're lonely, all of these things are really helpful because it gives you the ability and, and the really the time to kind of look at, you know, like, how am I responding to this? What's really getting triggered? What are my, what are my fears about this? And, you know, how can I support myself as opposed to just, you know, I think most of us are so busy that it's really easy to brush what we're feeling 
um, under the rug and just cover it up with being so busy. So this is a great opportunity for all of us to kind of get quiet and figure out like what, you know, let's pretend, let's just hypothesize that some things need to change in our own lives. And what are those? What would it look like if I wasn't so busy? What would it look like if, um, you know, I had more time with my family or all of these questions, right? And it will hit each of us in a different way. Mm-hmm. Is there like a, you mentioned we haven't experienced this kind of astrology since 500 AD. How long is this complex, intense astrology supposed to last? Is Are we moving into a time where it's going to last for a couple of years, a decade, you know, is it, are we moving into a, a new, I don't know, the tech, technical terms, but like a new dawning of a new era kind of a thing? Yeah, I would say that that is probably what's happening is that we are moving into a multi-year period where there are going to be um, changes in governments, changes in the way that we live. But you know, that sounds initially very frightening because we're all accustomed to living our lives in a certain way. But remember that we acclimate, we do acclimate. These things are initially shocking and scary. They're unfamiliar. Um, But we do eventually get to a place where that becomes what feels normal to us. And also, if we take the view that everything is happening for the best, then that can also be comforting of like, yeah, this is a little bit uncomfortable. And Pluto makes, you know, Pluto is uncomfortable because we have to look at what's in that, in that, you know, dark closet. We have to open up those doors and start taking things out of the closet and kind of laying them on the bed so that we get an assessment of what's here. What are we working with? So whether that's big picture, like the government, um, the medical system, the school system, the pharmaceutical system, right? Or whether it's an, on an internal level of, you know, I work myself really hard and I never have time to be with the people that I love. And I don't really have time to even be with myself and that's not sustainable. So this is really a time of opportunity. I mean, of course we have to deal with the sense of not having control and having the uncertainty, and that's really hard for us as humans, but there are so many gifts that are within it, especially if we're willing to like stay with where we are, you know, acknowledge what's up. Oh, I feel fearful now. Oh, I actually feel kind of expansive and relaxed. Um, And I think that we're all kind of vacillating around all of these different versions of what this is like. Is, Is that true for you? Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned acknowledging your feelings because I've always viewed myself as a very feelings person, very emotional person and very in tune with my emotions. And I was working with my therapist recently and and I was talking about a certain situation and she's like, well, how did that make you feel? What emotions are you feeling? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Like I was like, I'm so used to justifying how I'm feeling that I don't actually acknowledge how I'm feeling. Like, oh, I understand why I would be, you know, like this state of being, but I don't take the time to be like, I am angry. I am happy. This made me feel this way. This made me feel this way. And it's just so basic that I didn't feel like that would be a valuable practice for me. But luckily my therapist is wise and has invited me to take that on more. And it's been really helpful during this time because my feelings have been so complex, meaning feeling many things at once and unexpected things. Um, Feeling shame about not being able to work right now when there's literally nothing I can do about it. You know, like things like that, where it's just like, I greet it. I'm able to 
have a conversation with my feelings and then figure out, well, what am I actually needing? Why is this feeling coming up? And then revolving how I care for myself around what I'm actually needing, what that emotion is trying to teach me. So yeah, it's, it's a weird time. (laughs) Yeah. Is the, is the nuts and bolts of it. But that's, I guess, what came up for me when you were talking is just really inviting that emotional work to come into place. And what I am coming to really enjoy about astrology is seeing it happen. Like, I do believe in things happening on a micro level and a macro level. And when I look into astrology, at sources that I trust, it helps me be able to navigate what's going on with me or even just honor what's going on with me because I see it happening in this planetary way and in a lunar way. And I can be like, that is also what's going on within, or I use it as an invitation. Like you said, look at something I wouldn't normally look at when I hear like, oh, this around this new moon, it's going to be like this. Then I'm like, well, I'm just going to take that information and do a journaling around that concept and see where that does fit into my everyday life. And so it's more of like a, it's not a fortune teller kind of thing necessarily. It's more of a structure, like something that I can use as a guide to tune in and to connect with things that are bigger than me. And I really resonate with nature, obviously. So I found it to be just a really interesting relationship to nurture. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's what I'm always trying to do for clients in a reading is it's not about labeling. It's not about saying, oh, you have this. So that means that it's more about trying to spark a knowingness within them that makes sense that they can use. So you were describing about the full moon or the new moon and, you know, to hear somebody say, here are the energies, here are the planetary energies of this new moon. This is what it can mean. It's helpful because then you think, oh, that's an interesting perspective and I want to journal on it or I want to see how that resonates with my personal experience. And it just opens up this door that otherwise might have been closed. And, you know, it's a good, your therapist had a good idea. And I think that's a good invitation for anybody listening to this is to name the emotions as they're coming up. It doesn't mean that you have to solve them or process them or do anything with them, but certainly to just validate, oh, I'm feeling really angry right now. And then two seconds later, I'm feeling fearful because it is really complex. It is multi-layered. And this Saturn-Pluto conjunction that I'm talking about, you know, Saturn is also related to the voice of our inner critic, because that is our internal government. And so something that comes up, like you use the example of shame around not being able to work. Well, that's an inner critic response, and it's probably a really old response. And right now you have the opportunity to look underneath that and really question, is that true? And of course, we know you can't work right now because nobody can work right now. But I had something similar. My, you know, I always tend to be very um, anxious about working and making money. And so my go-to is like, if I can't make money, then I have to work harder. I have to hustle. And I went through the same thing. All of a sudden, you know, everything was slowing down. And I thought, oh my God, it's because I'm doing something wrong. And then looking underneath that, it's like, wait a minute. Nope. Hmm. This is, this is um, something that this is an experience that I'm supposed to be having because that's a really old belief and it doesn't serve me to keep my nervous system so on such high alert when it comes to money. And I think a lot of people can probably relate that right now we are having to surrender to what is here and we can't control it. So all of us that are you know, have a tendency to control and manipulate our lives so that we're, we're in this sense of safety. We don't get to do that. 
And so what comes to fill the place of that? Maybe it's a sense of relaxation. Maybe it's being able to focus on projects that don't make money, but that are passion projects. Um, maybe it's just simply getting to kind of lay on the couch and chill and watch your kids play on the floor. Like it's, there's so much room right now for that introspection and really seeing like what else is here that I have missed because I've been working so hard. I've been doing that Saturn trying to be successful thing. Do you have any advice for people that actually need to be working more now? Like they are on the front lines. They have, um, you know, people that work at the grocery store or, you know, that are being called to overextend. Is there, are there any tools that they can use right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a similar set of tools of really being as present and aware as possible while they're out doing their thing of, um, you know, the, the tendency, I think, for most of us is to lose ourselves in the work that we're doing. We kind of lose touch with the fact that we're here, we're these humans with bodies and with needs. Um, because we get so up in our heads. So again, if you're somebody that is working overtime at a hospital or at a store, one of the stores that's open, as often as possible, you know, kind of touch back in with like your breath. <sighs> Have I taken a deep breath lately? Do I need to use the restroom? You know, focusing in on your physical sensations is a great way to come right back into your body. And once you're in your body, then you can start figuring out like, what am I feeling? Am I feeling like my heart is racing? I'm anxious or wow, I'm so exhausted because it's just as valuable for people that are, you know, super busy to be touching in with what they're feeling and what's going on with them. And that's something that we, most of us don't do when we're, you know, being our super busy, successful selves. Yeah. I've been thinking about them a lot more lately as I, I don't know, it, it is kind of both ends of the, the spectrum where, but both are an invitation for us to check out too. Like yeah. I know a lot of us are, that are at home right now, um, are watching a lot of Netflix and, <laughs> you know, drinking and like all these things that, I think are fine. I mean, I definitely watched Tiger King this weekend and <laughs> changed my life. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like finding that balance between like, well, I always say like, what is allowing you to check in instead of check out? And that can happen when we have a lot of free time. And it's like this weird balance of, um, I'm learning how to do that in a now I have less commitments kind of way in making the most of it. And now that I'm feeling a little bit more processed in that way, I'm starting to think about what would it be like on the other side of things. And I've been talking to more people that are now all of a sudden overextended, then also using that as a time to check out and not, and, and to lose sight of what is important right now. So I don't know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but I just think it's worth acknowledging all the options that people are going through right now. And I like what you said about it. These tools are the same and it's just no matter what is going on for you right now, what things can you use to support you, to help you really learn and move forward in a way that we are all being called to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all, human nature, we all check out, especially under stress. And this is a great opportunity to be really aware of the ways that we check out. I've worked with so many clients over the past few weeks who have talked about um, overeating and over drinking during this time. And, you know, Again, it comes back to you know, a piece that's really, really important about this 
is that we have agency. We all have agency. And, you know, even the act of coming back into presence of orienting in time and space. Here I am, I'm talking to Randy, I'm sitting at my desk. Um, the desk chair has, you know, cold arms. Um, there's something that's very powerful just about coming back into the here and now, wherever we are, and just being with what we're doing instead of checking out. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's easier to just check out, but it's so important right now that we kind of begin to work on a little bit of the self-control because we have to control our thoughts right now. Otherwise we slip into fear and panic. Um, and we have to sort of feel into our emotions. And I think that's just the whole Pluto aspect of this is saying, yeah, you can check out and numb and you can continue to repress and push stuff down. And a lot of people are gonna do that. But if you really want to work it and move towards integration, you want to work on self-awareness, which looks the same to anyone, whether you're lying on your couch, chilling, you know, zoning out on Netflix, or your kids are driving you crazy, or you're working 17 hour days um, at the hospital, you know, that coming back in, taking a deep breath, noticing what's going on. Oh, I've been checked out for the last four hours whether it's checked out through busyness or checked out through just zoning out, these are the things that Pluto is wanting us to look at because this is how we do the shifting and changing. We have to bring awareness, you know? There yeah. is dysfunction and we want to bring it to our attention. So as we close here, what, how would you suggest people use astrology on a daily basis to be a part of their self-care practice. You know, I definitely recommend working one-on-one -on -one with someone like you to um, help create a personal foundation. Um, but how would you say it applies? You know, most of us just think, oh, check the horoscope, which we don't want to do um, <laughs> or don't maybe resonate with. Um, and some people don't even resonate with their signs their sun signs. Um, and you would probably be able to explain to them why that is. Um, so what, how can people move forward from this conversation with some action items on how they can start incorporating this into their lives if they're resonating with it? Yeah. So I would say that, um, the, the cheap, easy, free way to do it. So I have on my website, on the front page, it's nathacampanella.com. I have a free ebook that you can download that gives you instructions for printing out your own natal chart. And it also gives um, descriptions of all of the key things in astrology. So that's a good place to start. You can look, you can start by researching your moon. Oh, my moon is in the sign of Gemini. What does that mean? And then look for the descriptions that really resonate. And then you can Google it. There's tons of free information on what a, what a Gemini moon feels like. So you can start there. Um, obviously, a professional reading at some point is a really great idea because that's where you can tie all of the information together. But I also like when you mentioned about looking at the full moon and the new moon. And there are some really good astrologers on social media. I'm on social media. Um, and you can scroll through you know, what do these people say about the energy of this new moon or the energy of this full moon and begin to do like what you suggested, Randy, is, you know, either do some journaling around the themes, the topics, or just simply kind of sense in and ask yourself, like, what does this bring up for me? And that's what I always ask clients is when I say this, what is it, you know, what, what comes into your mind? Because chances are high that you're going to hear something and think, oh God, yes, that, that totally relates to my relationship with this person, or that totally relates to my stress levels lately. So you can just kind of dabble, you know, put your feet in the water just by looking at those small things. And if astrology really resonates with you, you'll find that um, more and more of it will come into your life. 
Yeah, I like your approach of allowing them to explore their own intuition. I think that's another problem with a lot of astrology out there is we just want to be told. We just want to be told who we are and how we are and what we need to do. But it really is an invitation for us to listen on a deeper level and to and to be like, okay, this is what is happening. What is my message for it? And that's when the magic can really happen. <laughs> when you start to trust your own intuition and when you're working with someone on it or you're reading something, trusting what lands with you because that, I mean, it's just a, it's a guide for you to, it's another gateway into your own inner wisdom. And if we use it as something, if we rely on it as something that's just going to tell us what to do, I think that's where we're going to get disappointed. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Nobody really likes to be told what to do. Um, but when we really move into action is when we feel that something is really right, like within our hearts, or we're really inspired by it or excited by it. And so I think that we all have wisdom, our, our higher self. We all know what we want. Sometimes we don't know exactly what it looks like or how to get there. And astrology can help give you some of those ideas and some of that guidance. But yeah, ultimately, astrology is just like any other personality typing system, like the Enneagram, um, where you have to take some pieces and leave some pieces. Not everything is going to be specifically about you, but when you land on something, it's like, oh my God, yes, that is totally me. And that helps me um, know why I've been doing this thing. That's great. So people, you have a podcast, right? Yep. Do you want to share your podcast? Yeah. So it's called Star Narratives and it is on all of the platforms. And I do um, some interview format where I talk to different people and we talk about different aspects of their chart because I feel like sometimes it's helpful to listen to somebody else talk about how something shows up in their life. And I always really like memoir anyway. But then I've been this year doing a lot of solo casts where I'm just going sign by sign and kind of giving a deeper interpretation of the signs. And again, that's another great way. For example, if you have a moon in Gemini, you know, listen to the Gemini one, which actually hasn't come yet because we haven't reached the month that the sun is in Gemini. We're only at Aries right now, but, um, you know, pop on and listen to those and you'll probably hear some things that will really land with you of like, oh God, yeah, that is me. Very cool. And of course, people can contact you to work one-on-one -on -one, and you have some programs out there. So people can find that on your website and I'll link to it in the show notes as well as, well as your uh, social media handles and anything else as that you care to share even just about the next few weeks. Oh, you do have a weekly newsletter, right? That uh -huh. you send out um, what's going on. Um, yep. And I do like a video that I post to Instagram and also to YouTube, which I send out in the email as well, that goes through all of the exact astrology of each week and kind of gives you some ideas of what to expect and, and what's going to happen. And, you know, again, like I said, there is a moon at the end of April that is supposed to be very auspicious for all of us. And by May, things should start to settle down a little bit. So fingers crossed that that is true and that we can all just spend the month of April really tuning in to our personal experience and what we need and what we feel and use it as, you know, sort of a forced time of. Uh, self-introspection. Wonderful. Well, thank you. This is great. And um, everybody check her out. <laughs> Let <laughs> astrology you. be your guide. Awesome. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Randy Kay, a holistic health practitioner and educator that has been helping people heal through body work, 
therapeutic yoga, and self-care coaching for over a decade. My mission is to help people simplify the healing journey by amplifying their own inner wisdom and teaching seasonal self-care practices. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or post it on social media. And if you do that, please tag me so I can see it and connect with you that way at Naturally Randy K. You can also commune with me via email if you sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter, The Simple Letters. You can sign up at naturallyrandyk.com slash newsletter. That's naturally, R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y dot com slash newsletter. And hearing from you in some way totally makes my life and I always make sure to personally respond. And be sure to join me next time as the self-care conversation continues. Until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.